When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Soda Pod is proudly presented by 7th Avenue Pizza. 7th Ave Pizza produces the highest quality, best tasting frozen pizza available in the market today. If delicious toppings are what you crave, look no further. Try the meat sauce pizza today because it wails, folks. Follow them at 7th Avenue Pizza to stay current on where you can grab yours today. Get you some 7th Avenue Pizza today. Now let's get right to the show. Welcome back. Another edition, Judd Buds, episode whatever it is, 30-something. It might be 33. I think it is 33. Um, that's probably the closest I've come to remembering. Um, but I mean, as always, I, I have no idea. Um, it is episode something. It is another episode. I cannot believe how long we've been doing this. Uh, thank you again for tuning in. If you have listened to every single one, uh, I don't believe you. You definitely haven't because that's insane. Um, well, but thank you. As always, your host, Spoke Z. Um, we're going to do this a little differently. Um, I stopped getting lots of questions lately. Um, understandable. And so today I put out the tweet right before I left work. That's not true. I, I don't even know what time I put that tweet out, but I said, send me every question you have um, for all two of you still listening, uh, thinking that I wouldn't really get that many. And we got a lot. We got about 20 something. So um, it is really fucking late because um, I'm a moron and I can't seem to figure out how to not start these super late the day before. Um, so we're not going to do all of them. We're going to do a hard stop at 30 minutes and, um, either tomorrow or another day later this week, we will go back and do a second one, um, and finish off the rest of the questions that I don't get to, which will probably be most of them because by the time this intro is over, we'll probably be at about 26 minutes. Um, so that's what we're going to do. Hopefully I remembered to do the part two of the mailbag. Um, I think I should be able to, um, if I don't, and you listen to this and you don't hear your question, feel free to viciously chirp me, cyber bully the hell out of cyber bully the hell out of me. Uh, and then I will remember. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to do this for 30 minutes. It's hard stop. And then we'll get right back at it. Um, at some point later this week. Sorry in advance, Isha for the extra work. Thank you, um, to my podcasting dad. So that being said, um, <clears throat> before we get into the mailbag, uh, Colorado Edmonton just finished up a four-game sweep, the most electrifying, entertaining sweep possibly ever. Uh, last week, I was like, let's hope we get seven games. We didn't even sniff seven games. Colorado kind of just kicked the dog shit out of the Oilers, but my God, was that entertaining. Mike Smith is the most fascinating goalie on the, on the face of the earth. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl, 
poor bastard put up four assists tonight playing with just his eyeballs. Uh, the rest of his body doesn't work, and he's still out there four apples and they still lose so that's unfortunate for him but i don't know what was more courageous i tweeted this i don't know what was more brave uh dry sidle playing um with eight percent of his body functioning and putting up four assists or mike smith leaving his net um running into the corner under pressure and just throwing the puck at the ref uh leading to a goal against and then immediately after colorado wins the face off and dumps then he actually leaves his net again to go play the puck. It didn't come back to hurt him, but I'll tell you what, that took some fucking balls. He does it every game. He's a lunatic. It, it rarely works out for him. Um, there's been a bunch of goals that have been scored because he just decides, you know, what if I just leave my net a little bit early constantly? Uh, and he's still just doing it, and that takes bravery. He's got another year into contracts. So he's like, whatever, fuck it. I'll just do the same thing next year too. Uh, that guy doesn't give a shit. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what was more courageous. I'm leaning towards Mike Smith, though. Western Conference final down three. He's just like, let's just leave this net. It's been working out 8% of the time. Um, you know, the rest of these playoffs, let's just let's just see if this is the right play to do it. This time it'll be great. And he just does it. It's it's unbelievable. It really is. Um, but anyways, I'm really disappointed that one's going to be – or that is over. Uh, I mean, McDavid and Dreisaitl, Jesus Christ, 30-something points each already um or already through the western conference final and they're not gonna move on that's insane uh kale mccarr is an absolute mutant 21 fucking points i don't think he got a point um on the ot winner did he maybe he did uh no he didn't i don't even think he was on the ice um but yeah colorado literally just fucked their way to the stanley cup final they're 12 and 2 they've scored 65 goddamn goals um I mean, it's just ridiculous. That team has just been kicking the shit out of everybody. And, uh, I mean, you can't say they don't deserve to go to the final. At least for once, you know, it feels like the best team's actually going. Um, so that's just – I mean, it's on there. That's just an unbelievable team. Joe Sackett just built an absolute powerhouse. So they head to the Stanley Cup. They'll fake face the winner of – uh, New York and Tampa Bay, and that seems like it's going to go to the distance. It'll be a long wait for them. That series, 2-1, uh, New York after three. Tampa Bay just won um, their first of the series. That I mean, that one's going to be a good one. Uh, the Rangers are really just surprising me. I didn't think they had it in them, but look at here they go. So um, that's another entertaining one. It feels like Tampa Bay hasn't really woken up yet. Um, I thought they looked a lot better, obviously, at game three. But, um, you know, again, they don't even have Braden Point, and they're still doing this. Like, it's just – I mean, that team, John Cooper, he just knows how to coach those guys. Um, and, you know, there's obviously no panic over there at all. Um, they're very comfortable with where they're at. Um, and, you know, the home team hasn't lost yet. So um, that's when the series really, really begins is when that home team loses, unless you're Carolina – um, in that case, it's just, that's what it ends. So we'll see what happens there. I don't really, I don't want any of these teams to win. I said this last week too. I really don't want any of these teams to win. Um, so I'm really stuck uh, to whatever. So that's where we're at. Okay. And with that, let's get into the mailbag. As I write this down and filibuster. All right. <clears throat> We're going to start with a Gmail. 
not Corey this time. Corey, still love you. Julian Colomer or Kalmeyer. Definitely not what I said first. Hey, man, short time listener. Don't blame you. First time emailer. Welcome. If the Wild end up getting pick seven for Fiala, do you think it'd be possible for them to then also try packaging that with their other first round pick to move up for one of those top three forwards, right? Slavkovsky or Cooley, or is it better to have more ammo for Judd? Um, I mean, I think if they could move up, they absolutely would. Um, but that being said, I'm not really sure if you're Ottawa. Um, or not Ottawa. That was really stupid. Um, you know, you look at the three teams that are picking there. Um, there's no way Arizona could afford to trade down. So that takes that that number three overall pick out of the equation. Um, they, they, they can't. They desperately needed that first overall pick to reinvigorate that fan base. So I don't think you're getting them to give that up. As soon as the Devils got that, I mean, they basically won the lottery again. Uh, once that kind of fell into their lap there, I can't imagine that they would um, want to not pick second overall, especially when, you know, a kid like Yuri Slavkovsky, who I'm going to assume they'll end up taking it second overall. Um, it's kind of like the exact player that they are looking for. They're looking to add. Um, and he's going to be a kid that's going to be looking to contribute in a big way. Maybe not next season, but the year after, definitely in year three. So I don't really see them moving down um, to seven, even though there's probably going to be a really goddamn good player at seven because some of these teams apparently are galaxy braining, like we said before, uh, this draft and really just going for the size. Um, it seems like the size queens are back. Uh, at the draft. So um, I just don't see any of these three teams. And I do think Montreal would be tempted to move down. Um, maybe it could make sense for them to move down, but I can't see them saying, Hey, we'll move down beyond like three. So I don't really see any movement happening. It's not totally out of the realm of possibility, but you know, you look at the three teams in that situation. And then if you're Montreal, you're probably going to want to keep that number one overall pick considering it's where the draft is as well. So I would expect that those three teams will keep those picks. Um, and I mean, again, would I love for the Minnesota wild to be able to do that? Absolutely. You could take a shot at your or Simon Nemitz to elite guys that project Guys that project to be elite right shot defensemen uh, for a long, long time in the NHL. I would absolutely love for them to get up and take one of those. I probably wouldn't go for the right Slavkovsky or Cooley. Those are probably my two guys that I'd be looking at if you just look at the prospect pool um, and who they have. That being said, if they were to move up and take, you know, right will be gone. He'll be, he, I'll be shocked if they don't take him at first overall. But, um, you know, if you get, if you could somehow finagle that second round pick, you know, it would be more realistic if they had, you know, seven and like, let's say just not 24. Um, Cause that's the other pick they have in the first round. I just don't think that's going to move the needle for a team. Um, you know, well, specifically those three teams. Um, but, you know, having Slavkovsky, if you were to do it, you could get Slavkovsky or Cooley. Again, my guys are the right shot D's, the Simon Nemitz and, uh, and uh, David Yerchek. Just look again, looking at that prospect pool, but, um, if you could add, you know, the, if you look at the right wing as well, or the wings, it's kind of depleted in the prospect pool. Not really depleted. They have a lot of really good players, but um, Slavkovsky and Cooley are good options there as well, along with a guy like Frank Nazar. 
Um, so, you know, it would be cool if they could figure that out and you'd be absolutely happy taking, you know, either the right shot defenseman or Slavkovsky or Cooley, you know, that think you'd be taking that and running with it. But I just don't see those three teams really um, having that seventh overall pick. Again, that's take – you're going to have to finagle that trade too. Uh, that seventh overall pick in number 24 really, really doing it for them. But maybe. It's not totally out of the realm of possibility. Who knows? Um, but I definitely don't I – mean, th- at the very least, for whatever reason to be in my head anyways, New Jersey is the team that really I just can't see even being tempted to move anywhere. Um, you know, maybe down to three if Arizona wants to try to trade up. But, um, you know, I don't even know what that would cost them. So um, it would be great. I would absolutely be fine if they did it, but I just don't see the other teams really being tempted to do that. But it's a good question, though. I like I like how we're getting a little creative now with this. Okay, next question. Let's see. Jay Ricard asked, Lane Hudson, if he's available in the second round, do you take him? Watched him live against the Gophers and thought he was the best defenseman on that team, USA. Um, if he's available in the second round, which he probably is going to be just because he is smaller, um, yes and no. I think he's an excellent pick there because I think he is absolutely good enough to go in the first round. But again, we just said it. Size queens are back. Um at the draft and you know he's a 5'8 left shot d 160 pounds he's absolutely electrified the kid is legit and he's gotten better and better as the years gone on um you know 63 points in 60 games with the development program and then the ushl so the usntdp junior team uh 32 points in 27 games so you know it's clearly not he's not a 5'8 kid that can't play big um you know he's a great player again the skill um just the skill set on him it's it's really it's elite so again he probably will be later he's gonna slip just because it's only it's quite literally only because he is small and i think that's gonna scare a lot of teams away and who knows i think he could even be a mid to late second round pick because of that um but you know if it's, it's one of those situations where it depends where you're picking, right? So, you know, let's say if they are in one of those second-round picks, you know, let's say it's the the compensatory pick that was a 56 that they'll get because Philip Johansson didn't sign. Um, you know, he's probably going to be the best player available there. And then, you know, logic tells you, yeah, let's go take that pick because you always want to have the best prospect possible. On the other side of the coin, it is the Minnesota Wild, and you're looking at that depth chart right now in the left-shot defenseman. You know, Ryan O'Rourke, Damon Hunt, Carson Lambos, Jack Pert, the list goes on and on. So, um, you know, it's definitely not a need for the Minnesota Wild. But at the same time, you know, you're looking at a kid who's going to probably, if he's able to, you know, play, if he makes it to the NHL and he, you know, hits, not maybe not his full potential, but if he does max out that skill set in some kind of regard, again, maybe not max out, but I mean, he hits like 80% of what he looks like he could be. You're getting a really goddamn good hockey player. Just about everything that he does, um, you know, projects at the NHL level. Yes, he is small, but he is an incredible skater. Um, I think his vision with the puck, you know, puck moving, he just, he plays like a modern day NHL defenseman. So, um, 
you know, we're seeing more and more smaller guys fit the bill and, and make it in the NHL and be really good hockey players, even defensemen. So, um, but again, you just look at that Minnesota wild prospect pool. You already have an undersized Jack Pert. Um, again, and then you got the guys like Hunt and O'Rourke and Lambos who all project to be NHL level, um, you know, left shot D. So you're, you're, again, you have those, you have so many left shot defensemen in your prospect pool already. Um, you know, it depends who else is there, but so it is really how you, it, I guess it kind of comes down to how you feel about your team approaching the draft and what you like. Um, I do think it's absolutely worth taking him if he's there in the second round. Uh, cause it, again, just how good he is and just a little bit of everything. I mean, the skating is next level. Like it's one thing for him to be good on his edges and change directions and deceptive and transition and all that good stuff. But it's another thing to have that second gear, that speed burst um, where, you know, it's like, you know, he's taking off and then all of a sudden, you know, he's going up the ice with the puck and then he just hits the second gear and he's, I mean, the kid's gone. Um, and, you know, he's, he, it's almost like he's using the size to his advantage because he's so small. He finds those little gaps up the middle of the ice to transport the puck. Um, and again, that's, you know, if you look at all the, some of the really good teams in the NHL right now, they all have defense and they're able to do that. So, um, you know, the Minnesota Wild, again, they might have guys in their prospect pool who are left shot defensemen who project to do that as well. But Layton Hudson just is unbelievable at it. So, you know, we'll see where he ends up, but I mean, if you if you're sitting there at pick fifty six or sixty something, whatever their second round picks are going to end up being, um, I, th I think they have two, right? Yeah, they have two. Um, then you know, you certainly you're you're not complaining about taking another left shot D there if it's Lane Hudson at pick sixty something or fifty something because the kid is legit. He's a very good player, um, and God, is he fun to watch too. Um, but that's my take on the Lane Hudson thing. It kind of comes down to how you feel about the draft. But, um, you know, if it's me, it depends who else is there. Um, but I'm certainly not going to complain if I'm picking 50-something or 60-something and I end up with Lane Hudson. Because, again, it doesn't really matter how big your prospect pool is or how many guys that you have at that position. Um, if there's a guy that's better or projects to be better than what you have, well, then you have another asset. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I would take them again, but it de does depend on there. Cause there are going to be guys that are going to be falling for sure in this draft. Um, that probably should get taken earlier than they will. So, um, again, really depends who's there. If there's another, um, you know, a guy that looks like a really good, again, I really want, well, I don't really care what position they pick, to be honest with you. They don't need a goalie, but, um, I'm just looking at the right side, whether it's on defense or, um, you know, the forwards, and it is, I would like to see them get something there. But at the same time, Layton Hudson, he fucking rocks. So, um, yeah, I guess it depends who else is there. But I would absolutely take Layton Hudson in the second round. Next question. Aha. Next question. I'm literally doing a podcast. <laughs> fucking A. Um, okay. Let's see. Who is next? Hmm. I don't know why I did that. Sorry. GR asks, how big of a step does Addison need to take to make the team next year? What kind of improvement in his game do you think that they would be looking for? Well, I mean, <laughs> 
we saw him in the NHL this year, right? And did he look like he fit in? To me, he did. I mean, there's definitely, again, he does need to just kind of develop a more consistent, well-rounded game. I think there's some work to be done there on the defensive side of the puck, especially for another guy who's undersized, who projects to be an offensive defenseman at the next level. Um, you know, that being said, Jesus Christ, look at their dog shit power play all year, all playoffs. And what does Kalen Addison do better than anyone else in this prospect pool? Quarterback and power play. So, um, you know, it's not necessarily the offense that he needs to worry about, really. I think it is kind of just playing a little bit more mature hockey in his own defensive zone. Um, he still needs to get a little bit stronger. Um, he did his lot. I mean, we saw it a few times in the NHL. He is getting boxed. Like he's, he can't really, he's not consistently boxing guys out in front of the net. Um, uh, but he does play hard, right? Like we say, he's got to get a little bit bigger and stronger, but it's not for like a lack of effort. It's not like he's out there just getting like tossed around, um, all the time, or he's not trying to engage. He is trying to engage just sometimes either do it at the wrong time, or sometimes he's just getting overpowered. And, um, it does show up in his game. It happened a few times in HL. That being said, the last time that he got sent back down to Iowa from Minnesota, um, he was unbelievable. He's playing his best hockey, like the, from there on until the playoffs. But I think there's a little bit of decision-making defensive zone, uh, you know, coverage of the defensive zone. It really is just in the defensive zone uh, that he needs to get a little bit more consistent, play a little bit more mature. The decision-making um, is a big one for me. Um, sometimes he'll just take a really dumb penalty, kind of snaps because uh, he's pissed off and he just does something stupid. But that was also their entire Iowa team. We said this before. They had to have led the league in misconducts for, like, abuse of official or like anything like that, or just something dumb. Like, you know, Addis is like running around, like cross-checking guys in the face. Like, it's like, what are you doing? Like, come on. Um, but anyways, to get specific in, it's really just a little bit of consistency in the defensive zone. He does need to get stronger still because he is a small little fella. And he can't just go out there and try to, you know, be an offensive D-man. So, um, you know, I think if he can be more reliable, be a little bit more consistent, that's probably what they'd be looking for. Um you know, the one thing about the Wild is I don't think they're, they'd necessarily be afraid to play or have seven legit defensemen on that team. Um, but it really is for a kid like Addison, they kind of have to figure out what's best. So in terms of his development and, and when he's ready. So, I, you know, when when they do, whenever whatever it is that they feel comfortable that they're going to have him be a full-time NHL player. It's not going to be a guy, you know, playing 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 minutes a night. I do think when he does hit the NHL with Minnesota, um, you know, whenever it is that they decide he's ready to be a full-time player, it's to play, you know, 14, 15, 16, like all just not like bullshit minutes. Like they want him to be legit and impactful. And I do get it. Um, but for me, it's just – at this point, I'm wondering, um, is it right now in the AHL where he's going to keep rounding that game out? Maybe it is. Maybe it is. You know, when you look at the team next year, and it looks like a really fun team with a lot of really young guys um, that hopefully will be playing in the NHL in Minnesota together for a long time. So, um, you know, it's not necessarily – a terrible environment for him to work on his game for sure. Um, you know, and then to continue being a leader, um, you know, among the other prospects right around his age in the, in the system. So, um, you know, again, he is absolutely good enough to play in the NHL. Is he good? Is he right now ready to be the Kalen Addison that um, he projects to be, 
when he is a full-time NHL player, he's probably not there yet. But um, again, I do think it's just in that defensive zone. You just got to round out the game with a little bit more consistency, a little smarter decision-making. Um, and again, he does need to get a little bit stronger. So um, I think that's kind of what they would be looking for. Uh, because in terms of moving the puck up the ice, the skating, the offensive game, the the poise in the offensive zone on the puck. I mean, even in the in, the, in some NHL games, he was under pressure on the blue line. And he was still able to, um, you know, make some really good decisions under pressure and make really good plays with the puck and not panic. So that's the one thing about the kid. He's got balls. He's a super confident kid. Um, so you know, in terms of his attitude, it's not what I'm worried about with Kalen Addison. It is or not maybe not attitude, but, you know, whether he's going to be confident enough or, or have or be like whatever, yeah, confident enough to really play and feel like he can play in the NHL right now because I know that he he knows he can. Um, so I do think they just want to have him be a fully refined hockey player by the time that he gets back. And I think for him, again, a lot of that is in the defensive zone. So uh, I think that's what they'll be looking for for him. Uh, again, I could be wrong because I'm usually wrong about everything, but that's just the stuff that I noticed watching him in the AHL and a lot in all of his NHL games. Um, that stood out more than anything. And that is Kalen Addison. And we have time for another question, but before we do that, I almost forgot, but I didn't forget. Let's pay some bills. Let's talk about DraftKings. Hey, hockey fans. Let's see. The what? The pursuit. That's what. Uh, for the Stanley Cup is on, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoff in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, it's secure, and it is reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get 100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Tell you what, I fucked the beginning up, but I really came on strong there. I really, I think I might have just got a bunch of you to download the DraftKings Sport, Sportsbook app, whatever, and, uh, and bet the shit out of everything using code THPN. Probably. That's probably what just happened. All right. Let's go to got really loud there sorry um hmm. we'll do these two together um okay randomly wild if the wild deal fiala to new jersey what would you like for a return and as a follow-up, Hideki replied and said, if the Wild trade Fiala to LAK, LA Kings, or Ottawa, what should they get in return? So we'll do all three. And we have touched on all three before. Um, so let's start with, uh, let's see, Randy Wild brought up uh, to New Jersey. <coughs> now that one is intriguing to me because... Um, New Jersey's prospect pool is nasty. They got a lot of real good hockey players there. 
um, and a lot of prospects that I would love to get my hands on. That's for sure. So, um, you know, for starters, I think if you, and we've talked about this before, I can't imagine that this is the type of player that they'd want to give up to bring in a Kevin Fiala. Um, you know, maybe, because I do think this kid might have a little bit, you know what, I don't know if he does have a, as high a ceiling as Alexander, or as, uh, as Kevin Fiala, just because, you know, Fiala just showed this season that, you know, if he had a better start, he could have hit 100 points for Christ's sake. And I don't know if Holtz has that in him, but um, Alexander Holtz, if you could somehow get New Jersey to be okay with, with parting ways with him, um, that probably takes a first-round pick out of the equation, to be honest with you. You're probably looking at, you know, maybe you can get a second out of them. Um, what picks do they have, actually? Let's take a look at that real quick. I should have pulled that up. Um, but if, if I was going to choose one prospect from New Jersey, I would absolutely take um, Alexander Holtz. Because, you know, again, you're, we're talking about a right shot or a right winger, and – you look at the prospect pool in Minnesota, and there's some guys there who look like they could be good. But, um, you know, Alexander Holtz projects is absolutely surefire top six scoring winger uh, on the right side for you. And you're kind of getting a, a kid that you hope turns into what Fiala is right now. So um, let's see. They have New Jersey has one pick in the first three rounds. They have three fourth round picks. Um, so me, if you could finagle a way to get Holtz, and then maybe a second and a third, or maybe a second and one of those fourth round picks, or a third and a fourth round pick. I mean, that's a big package. I don't think New Jersey's going to want to do that just because that's a lot to bring in Kevin Fiala and they got to pay him. Uh, I mean, they have the cap space, but, um, you know, I would love that because I just think, I mean, Alexander Holtz, the kid is for real. I mean, the way this kid can rip a puck, go and watch some of his the plays that he was making. Um, you know, in the, in the world juniors in those few games that Sweden actually did play he's 23 years old or sorry, he's 20 years old. He got a couple games in this season. He looks like he's ready to go and play in the NHL right now. You know, seventh overall pick in 2020, six foot, 200 pounds. Like I'm a big fan. I love Alexander Holtz. He's a, he is legit. And that shot is no joke. He's a surefire sniper. And you think about him playing on like a line with Matt Boley and Marco Rossi. I mean, uh, he signed me up. So I would love if they could figure out a way to get a Holtz in a pick or maybe two mid round picks. Um, I'm all over that. Um, let's see who else. Let's see. Let's think of some other, another prospect or two that I would take out of um, uh, uh, New Jersey. I, people have always people always bring up Dawson Mercer. I can't imagine they want to do that, but um, you know maybe you do find um, a more more of a middling prospect, if you will, or maybe a younger player, and then you end up taking one of those centers. Like you know maybe you end up with you know let's go with Pavel Zaka. I think Zaka's time in New Jersey is probably close to coming to an end. Um, you know, he's a left wing and a center. He plays more wing this year, but he, he does have that in him. I thought he actually played a lot better as the year went on, too. I saw some better hockey out of him when he was playing well. Um, he's the, you know, so you're probably looking at him maybe for a, you know, that's, you would get the first round pick in return for that. So, um, except you're not getting the second overall pick. <laughs> maybe you're getting, I don't know what. They're not going to give you a 2023 first round pick. I can't imagine that they would, but maybe they will. Who knows? Um, 
So that's the thing with New Jersey. You're probably not getting the picks that you want. So, you know, there's a trade off there, but um, so yeah, I mean, my ideal scenario would be like, uh, any any scenario where you end up with Alexander Holtz, you should be all over. So um, he's my. I mean, if I if you can get him for Kevin Fiala, you should be all over that. Uh, and whether that's him in a second or him in a third or him in a third and a fourth, him in a second and a I don't know whatever next year's third or something like that. Like I'm in. Uh, and then let's go to L.A. L.A.'s got a couple different options. You know. Um, you look at that team, and it's probably the best prospect pool. It's a top five prospect pool in the NHL. A guy like Gabe Velarde's really fallen out of favor there. Um, you know, this is a kid. He's a top 15 pick a couple of years ago. Was looking really good. He's a big boy. play center. Ended up playing a little bit more wing this year, and he just really did fall out of favor. Um, and it seems like maybe he's not the answer there long term you look at the centers that they have i mean kopitar's in two years they just signed to know um you know quinton byfield is a top six at least is probably number one center um when he does fully make it he stays healthy um that kid's gonna be you know he looks he looks like one of the best players in the league so you know in terms of projecting who what he can be um, and you just look at this fucking prospect pool. Alex, Turcotte, Francesco, Pinelli. I love Pinelli. I, I liked him a lot in this draft. Um, you know, a kid like Chromiak, who had an unreal unreal year with Kingston. He had a better year than Shane Wright. Uh, Akil Thomas, Jared Anderson, Dole. Like, the list goes on and off. Kachev. Um, you know, on defense, it's just it, – it's and they have young players playing now, so – um, you know, you look and if you could get maybe a Turcotte, um, you know, and a pick Velarde and a pick, or maybe Velarde and a player and a pick, um, because Velarde again, I think his stocks fall, but I mean, the kid's still young, he's 22 years old, he's six, what is he, six three? Big center, right shot, um, you know, 11th overall pick in 2017, that's what it is. Uh, yeah, six, 285 pounds skill. The shot's no joke. He's just a hell of a player. He's just really fought out of favor there, and that prospect pool is so deep that he looks like he could be expendable. So I'm a big Velarde guy. If he can stay healthy and he can find a little bit of form, I think he's a really good player. You gotta, you'd have to sign him. So maybe that's how you finagle another pick out of him. So, um, I mean, he's not going to get paid, though, so. You know, you look at if you look at those prospects who are somewhat realistic, um, you're probably looking at a Velarde or a Turcotte, two guys that just seem like maybe there's no future there for them just because of how deep that prospect pool is. Um, maybe if you could if you can go and try to make a swing at Kaliev, another kid he played really well this year when he did play. Um, you know, second round pick back in 2019. Um I never hear the end of it because the Bruins decided to take Johnny Beach or the center from Michigan uh, instead of him. So I have been dealing with that shit forever. So maybe you look at like a Kaliev, Kaliev, uh, another sniper. My God, can he shoot a puck? He is insane. Um, again, really pretty good year this year considering how young he is. And um, So there are guys there. So LA would be a good partner too. And I think Kevin, Kevin Viala makes so much sense for them. That team couldn't score for fuck. Um, no matter how many chances they were generating, they just, they just needed, um, you know, someone up there that could put the, 
puck in the back of that net or make some plays. Like, Jesus Christ. Uh, but that's a team that they made the playoffs. The, Kevin Fiala just fits exactly. You know, that's the type of player that they should be looking to add. So it makes a ton of sense for them. And I do think there's a ton of prospects and picks there that you could take advantage of and, and run with. Um, so you're looking at like a Turcotte, a Velarde, Kaliev, you know, one of those picks, whether it's a – depending on the prospect, probably. Um you know, you're looking at that first or second round pick. What do they have for picks, actually? I should probably look at that, too. They got one in each round. They don't have their seventh. Okay. So, yeah, those are the, probably the guys that you'd look at there. And then lastly, Ottawa. We all know it's the seventh overall pick in Ridley Gregg. You take that in a heartbeat. Ridley Gregg. Bill, it's Bill Guerin's wet dream of a prospect is Ridley Gregg. Great player scores he's mean as shit my god he's one of the dirtiest players i've seen who scores at an elite level uh he went off this year like a madman and he was a murdering people uh he throws some of the biggest hits i've ever seen um he got suspended at least twice <laughs> i don't even know how many pims he ended up with but another really good player and again ottawa's prospect pool is so deep that they'd be willing to take that hit you know even on the left side there you look at who they have um, you know, they got guys like a Chuck. They have the Formantons. They have guys like Matthew Joseph. They just took a picked up from Tampa Bay at the, uh, at the deadline. So, um, you know, again, for that specific team right there, you're looking at, if you can finagle the seventh overall pick and a Ridley Gregg, you'd be happy with that too, uh, for Kevin Fial. So there you go. If it's New Jersey, you do whatever you can to get them to agree to give you Alexander Holtz. I can't imagine that they'd be okay with doing that, especially how good he was this year. The kid was legit. Um, if you, any, any package that ends up with Alexander Holtz, I'm all over. Um, and then you look at LA, some package consisting either Turcotte, Velarde or Kaliev probably. Um, Cause I, mean, I don't think you're getting any of those defensemen. You're not definitely not getting Brant Clark. Um, those three guys. And then, you know, a pick you're okay with that. Um, and then again, if you're, trading with Ottawa you're trying to get that number seventh overall pick and Ridley Gregg and we went beyond 30 minutes we went to 36 and a half so we're going to do a hard stop right there and I am going to pick this up at a later date this week I promise I will not forget that being said if I do tell me I'm a loser chirp me infiltrate my dms until I cry um I'm sorry I couldn't do this whole um, mailbag in one sitting, but I do need to leave for work in about two seconds. Um, not really, I need to go to bed and then I'll get about eight minutes of sleep and then I'll go to work. I uh, drive to Boston, takes about six hours. I can see Boston from my house pretty much, and it still take me three days to get there in the car because the traffic sucks. Uh, it's the worst thing ever and it makes me want to die, but that's why we're not doing the whole thing right now. So a lot, lot more really good questions, too, that I do want to spend a good amount of time on. So I think cutting this in half is going to be a good idea. Maybe it's a dog shit idea. And if you hate it, again, just chirp the shit out of me, um, and I'll never do it again. But anyways, thank you for sending in all these questions. These are fantastic. Love doing the mailbags. It keeps me on track, kind of, other than when my brain goes into psycho mode, which is constantly. Um, and if I didn't get to your question... I promise I'll get to it either probably Wednesday. I'll do it and it'll come out Thursday unless Isha doesn't want it to come out Thursday. Um, but I will not forget. I'm going to do the second half of this mailbag. I promise. Anyways, thank you as always for tuning in. Uh, feel free to leave a review, a little 
two stars for me specifically. Give the soda pod five stars, but then clarify. I'm giving the soda pod five stars. I'm giving Spoke Z and uh, Judd's Buds two, maybe one and a half. Keep me honest. I totally get it. Just all, I'm not a baby. I can take that heat. I can take the heat. Use it as fuel. Get better. But uh, all right, I, I got to stop. <laughs> I will keep going until we hit an hour anyway. So, all right, I'll see you later on the week. Thank you for tuning in. And I hope you have a lovely few days until I see you. Bye-bye.